Hey friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this week we are going to talk about my top tips for finding and retaining, that is rebooking new clients. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, well, welcome back to yet another episode of the podcast. I hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. And uh, yeah, this is the fourth episode, if I've done my math correctly, which I may not have, but I'm pretty sure I did, on my uh, Building a Strong Private Practice series, where we're talking about, you know, if you're a solo practitioner, or maybe you have a very small office, how to build an office that's strong and sustainable and, uh, you know, makes the income that you need to have for your life. Because let's be real, you know, we all got bills to pay. So yeah. In this episode, we are going to talk about my tips for finding and retaining new clients, retaining being the uh, key word here. Because really, uh, that is the thing that you want to focus most on is rebooking those clients rather than always trying to find new clients because, you know, eventually you're going to burn yourself out on that. So let's dive into this topic. So first off, let me start out by the same caveat I've been saying in most of my episodes lately. (laughs) Let's let's be real here is that we might talk about COVID a little bit here and there because it's still a thing. It's still a concern. It's still something we all need to be thinking about. Um, But there is going to come a time when we're going to go back to something a little bit more normal. So you might hear some ideas or suggestions in this episode and go, "Um, no, Candice, we can't do that in my area due to COVID. You should know that. That's obvious. And that's totally fine if if you think that to yourself. Some areas actually have less restrictions than other areas, you know. Um, I know Canada, for example, massage therapists are being very, very strictly regulated on what they are and are not allowed to have versus some other professions. And massage therapists in the U.S. have all kinds of different situations depending on what state and area they're in. You know, sometimes it's like local bylaws from their city or town and you know, I could go on and on about that and get political and I don't think there's any reason to. But, uh, you know, all's to say, things are different in different areas and things are very different now due to COVID versus other times. And I totally get that. So if I suggest something that is not doable for you right now, that is fine. Either find a way to modify the idea so that it's usable for you or just tuck it away in the back of your mind and think, oh, well, okay, you know, we can we can think about that down the road when things have normalized a little bit. Because these are weird times and you know what? They ain't going to last forever. We'll, we'll go back to something resembling what we had before. It might be modified. Hopefully, in a lot of ways, we are going to change the way we did things before. Not necessarily in our businesses, but in the world. But anyway... Let's uh, let's move on from that little caveat about COVID. So we talked in our last episode about marketing from scratch, right? How to approach getting your name out there when you're new in some way. Well, what do we mean by new? Well, whether you're an old pro at what you do, but you're just new to your city, new to your town, you've moved somewhere. 
Um, or maybe you're opening your own practice for the very first time. So you've always worked for someone else and this is the first time you've gone out and you're going solo. Or maybe you're brand new, period. Maybe you're a new grad, you know. But all those things, when you're new in some way, it all has a similar approach. Figure out who you want to be treating, who you want to be working with, and find a way to communicate directly to that group. So you can go back an episode if you want the details on that. I strongly recommend you do because this episode sort of kind of builds on it. You can listen to it on its own, but, uh, you know, the last episode will definitely help you out in terms of your understanding and thoughts around sort of how to reach people. So this week we're going to focus on getting your clients to rebook with you. That is, become regular clients in some way. It doesn't have to be, you know, like on a monthly or weekly or whatever schedule, but just people who you consider regular clients, whether they're booking, you know, once every two months or they they tend to book a bunch of appointments and then stop for a little while and then book a bunch more appointments. Just people that you know reliably will book in at some point again. And not just become, by the way, the people that you never see again, because, you know, there are going to be those as well. Because, of course, you're not going to be the right match for everyone, right? We we know this. We know this in life, right? Sometimes we meet people and we we think we might click with them, but then we end up kind of going, yeah, you know what? Our personalities are too different. I respect you, but, you know, we we don't get along that great. And that's okay. Um, If someone sees you once and never again because your personalities don't click or they're looking for a different style of treatment or they're just looking for something else completely, like they thought maybe what your service was was for them and then they realized it wasn't, that's totally fine. That is absolutely fine. Focus your efforts on the people you do click with, who are your ideal clients, who do appreciate your treatment and working style. Don't worry about the people who only book once and then never again, because that is going to happen, but don't get too concerned about it. Now, I know you're going to have some days or even weeks where it feels like there's nobody who who appreciates you. There's nobody who rebooks. Uh, you know, you're just having a bad week, a bad month, a bad, you know, period of time. But just remember that when you are new to an area or new to a profession, so again, you know, you just moved or you're going out into a solo practice or you're new to your entire profession, there's always going to be growing pains. That's just how it is in life and in business. So if you do have those hard weeks or hard months where it really feels like no one is booking, no one's listening to you, nobody's absorbing the marketing that you're doing, that kind of thing. Try to look at it as finding your footing or a growing experience. Um, There's not a whole lot of way around this. It's just part of developing yourself as a business owner. Once you get kind of a steady uh, stream or a steady uh, flow, it gets a lot better. But there's always going to be those moments of growing pains. Remind yourself that you are awesome at what you do. You just need to find the right people and they will start rebooking and they'll want to come regularly, etc. So I know that feels easier said than done sometimes. But actually, it isn't so hard once you find those right people. So let's talk about how to actually get those people to rebook. Once you find them, how do you get them to rebook? So one thing I want to say right off the top is that it is way easier to get a client who has already seen you to rebook rather than find new clients. I hinted at that at the very beginning of this episode. It's also way easier to get new clients as referrals from previous clients rather than someone finding you cold like through a Google search or whatever. 
Now, don't get me wrong. Websites, listing yourself on Google Business, all of those things are important. It's not like I'm saying you can skip them. You should be doing them. But think about it. When you need a new service or a product or whatever, what's your first inclination? Do you just like immediately go to Google and do the first thing? Or do you often like ask friends and family for recommendations or sort of look at maybe reviews online if, you, if nobody in your family or friends has used this product before or used this service before? You know, do you, do you look at reviews from people? Because that's the thing is like, we tend to look for recommendations from people we trust. And then if we can't find those, then we look for recommendations from just anybody, right? Like online reviews. We don't tend to just go into something completely blind. We, we want to look for those like real world reviews. That's really important to most of us. So that's why retaining clients and building relationships with them is so, so, so important for your business, no matter what it is that you do, whether you're a massage therapist, physiotherapist, nutritionist, you do private yoga lessons, whatever it is you do, building relationships with your clients is essential. So let's talk about getting them to rebook. Here's the first thought I have about that. You have to actually ask them. I know a lot of people struggle with this in their businesses. They don't because they don't want to appear too desperate or salesy or whatever. And I get that. But here's the truth. A lot of people aren't even going to think of rebooking. Yeah, I mean, maybe some of them will go like, well, yeah, I mean, I was maybe going to rebook someday. It's not like that it didn't cross their mind that they wouldn't maybe use your service sometime in the future. But in a lot of cases, people just kind of assume it's a one and done thing when it comes to a lot of healthcare services. Even professions where you might assume people know it's an ongoing thing like psychotherapy or chiropractic or even dentistry, right? A lot of people just have it in their head that they can come once and then not have to come again, at least for a super long time. And that is fine. Obviously, you have to respect people's income and like their the way they feel about these things. Like you can't just force them, obviously. But there are ways that you can teach people that no, actually, you you could rebook. There is a schedule you could be using. So this is this is the thing is you should suggest a schedule of treatments or classes or whatever it is that you do that would be beneficial to them and why it would be beneficial to them. And you need to actually explain this. Like, explain what the benefits are to them. Otherwise, it just sounds like a money grab to some people. Not everybody. So you don't want it to sound like a money grab. You don't want it to sound like you just want them to rebook because you see them as dollar signs. You want them to understand that this is for their benefit. Then once you explain the schedule, like saying, you know, with what's going on with you, I would recommend coming in once a month to start and da 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 Then you have to actually say the words or something very similar. Can I rebook you? And if they say no, that's fine, obviously. But I bet if you do that very simple thing, you tell them why they should come regularly, what schedule you recommend, why you recommend it for their specific situation, how it will benefit them, you'll have way more people rebook right away. You know, I used to work at a clinic, actually, where I worked with a massage therapist who was like the king of doing this. He had a full schedule most of the time. When he didn't, it was usually either because he'd been on a really extended vacation and so he hadn't gotten as many rebookings because he wasn't around, or he'd fallen out of asking people to rebook for some reason. Something was going on and he just was out of his flow. But most of the time, 
he had a pretty booked schedule. And, you know, that's what most of you want, right? That's what most of us want. So moving on from that, you know, you have to actually ask people to rebook, which isn't as obvious as you might think. A lot of people don't think of that. They just go, oh, well, you know, people will rebook when they want to. Yeah, except most people don't understand the benefits of booking regularly. You have to explain it to them. You have to make sure they understand. So another thing I suggest is getting to know your clients a little bit. You know, you don't have to become their best friends. In fact, I in most situations, I would not recommend becoming too close with your clients just because of professional boundaries and stuff. But it's a really good idea to get to know your clients a little bit and like make some notes about that somewhere in their chart. If you're in a profession where you do charting and somewhere else, you know, make sure it's secure. Don't just, you know, write it in some random file on your phone that anybody could potentially find. But obviously, you know, just make some little notes about people. Um, it just makes it clear that you were listening to them and you actually care about them beyond like their their ailment or their, you know, uh, disorder or whatever's going on in their in their body or their their uh, their mind. You know, the reason why they were seeing you in the first place. For example, I used to do this with all my clients. If they you know, I'd write down things like if they had kids in their ages and like if one of them had something special coming up like a bar mitzvah or a big birthday party or graduation you know, or I'd write down other special events, like if they mentioned that they have a big work event, that the, you know, their first public speaking thing, or uh, just like anything at all, like, oh, you know, they have an elderly mother who they're, they have concerns about her health, those kinds of things. I, I just make a tiny, tiny little note about it. I wouldn't, you know, write pages and pages of essay, just a tiny little note. And then when they rebook, I could ask them how things are going. Like, hey, how did, how did your son's, you know, party go? Or, oh, hey, um, you mentioned that you were doing a, a speaking gig at work. How'd that go? Or, you know, whatever, you know, it just builds a nice relationship with people. That's all. It's just working with people is all about building relationships, no matter what it is that you do. And these kinds of things just go a long way, you know, and it makes it more likely that people will want to rebook with you because they'll get to know you a little bit, you know, because you can share little things about yourself too. again, professional boundaries, but it's totally fine to mention that, you know, Hey, I'm I'm going to a conference now, you know, just if it's in, within the conversation you're already having, like, you know, hey, yeah, I'm I'm doing a public speaking gig next week too. I'm going to a conference or whatever, you know. They appreciate that kind of stuff, sharing a little bit about each other, getting to know each other a little bit. At least most clients appreciate that stuff. Occasionally you do have somebody who doesn't, but most people appreciate this stuff. So speaking of rebooking, since that's what we're talking about here, another tip I have is to follow up with people who don't rebook. And I know this is something that everybody struggles with. But in, you know, a week or a few weeks or a month or however long seems fine. Don't wait too long. Don't keep telling yourself, oh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be feel desperate. I'm going to wait another couple months. Like, no, no, no. Like, you should be following up fairly quickly with people who don't rebook. But ask them. Ask them how they're doing. You know, the reason they came to see you is that has that improved, you know, um, whatever makes sense to say in your follow up base, basically based on specifically why they came to see you. So make it clear that it's not just a cut and pasted, you know, form, you know, hey, you should book in, but actually like something personalized to them. You can also use that as a way to make other small suggestions on how they can improve their ailment or condition or injury or, you know, again, why they saw you. And yes, definitely suggest they rebook at that time. Again, this is about building relationships and it might feel scary to do this. It might feel weird. 
and you will get ignored or you will have your email deleted or you will have people, um, you know, comment back to you that they're just not interested in whatever. That is fine. It's all part of having a business. You just need to kind of, you know, take a deep breath and go, okay, no problem, you know. Um, But other people will really appreciate this. Other people will be glad you contacted them. Even if they don't personally rebook, even if they say like, hey, you know, thank you for the extra tips. Um, I don't really need your services right now, but I'll think of you for the future. And then they might actually recommend you to friends and family because they appreciated the fact that you followed up and had a few extra tips and useful commentary for them. So, yeah, it's just it's again, it's all about building the relationships and keeping your you and people's minds in a positive way. So here's another tip. And. This can work in a few different ways, depending on what you do and what kind of environment you want to create at your, you know, your clinic, office, studio, whatever it is you have. And that is adding on memorable extras. And this is the area where we kind of, um, it may not work depending, right now that is, as easily due to COVID. This is particularly the topic, you know, where COVID comes into play here. But yeah, you can add on little extras for people. So what those are depends on the type of environment you want to create, like I just said. So if you're more into like spa, alternative health vibes, that kind of thing, you might want to add like a little packet of Epsom salts that people can take home and use and in you know a nice scent, like lavender scented or whatever. Or you could just be plain, whatever you, whatever you like. Um, you could give people like a lemon towel to wash their face and hands after their treatments. Um, you can make tea available in the waiting room. You know, whatever feels good to you to make a slightly more spa or, you know, upscale or chill environment. Again, you know, depending on what you like. If you're more of a strictly medical model, like you hear those suggestions, you go, Candice, I am not doing those. That's too spa-like for me. I'm a medical professional. Well, that's fine. Um, You could offer a water cooler and cups for people to just have a sip of water before or after their treatment, you know. Um, You could give people free samples of things like BioFreeze if it it makes sense for, you know, why they came to see you or, you know, any kind of therapeutic gel, again, as long as it's within your scope of practice to do that kind of thing if you're a medical professional. Um, You could print, you could offer printouts of exercises or you could email them to people if you want to do it digitally and save paper. That kind of stuff. Just little extras that help people out that they can take home with them to kind of keep you in their mind as well as obviously being something helpful to them. You're not just giving them something random. And yes, like I said, I know some of these things will not be doable due to COVID. Like, for instance, the tea and water ideas probably don't work right now. Maybe the towels with lemon, etc. for some areas. Just keep them for later or find a way to modify them so they work for you right now, depending on your local regulations. The idea here is not to say, oh, you have to have a lemon towel for people to clean their hands. No, the idea here is to create an experience that makes you memorable. That's the point. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing you see everybody else doing. It just has to be something that people take notice of, like you're going the extra mile, like the follow up emails is also going the extra mile, right? Like obviously being really good at what you do is going the extra mile, right? But those little helpful things, providing small extras makes you more memorable and makes it more likely that somebody's going to want to rebook. 
Speaking of rebooking, let's talk about scheduling. Another thing I suggest is not making yourself too available. Now, I know this one is tricky, especially when you're just starting out, whether, you know, again, whether you're starting out your private practice for the first time, you're starting out in a new city, you're starting out because you just graduated, whatever your situation is. But you need clients, right? And let's be honest, you need money to pay the bills. That's how this works. You bend, you tend to bend over backwards to get people booked in. I, I get it. But it's always better to create some scarcity when it comes to these things. I'm not suggesting you, suggesting you be super fake and dishonest. Um, you know, don't tell people you have only one available time slot. Book it now or forever hold your peace when that's not true. I mean, if it is true, it's fine to tell people that because you're being honest. You know, but don't don't be super fake about it, but also don't make yourself available at all hours of the day. Like a lot of us tend to do when we really need clients, we really need the income. Set yourself actual office hours and stick to them like 99% of the time. I get occasionally going over, I get it, but just be strict with yourself most of the time. Don't answer emails at nine o'clock at night unless that is actually during your office hours. Um, don't answer your phone on the weekend, again, unless it is your office hours. Just stick to them. And here's a little tip for you guys, a technology tip. Some online booking softwares have a function where they kind of build in a little scarcity into your scheduler so that if you're not all booked up, it hides some appointment times. And that might sound bad. You might be like, oh, but like it might kind of look like I'm not really available when I am and I don't want that. But here's the thing. Number one, more often than you might think, people will rework their own schedule to book in if the only available appointments you have aren't at their ideal time. I know we have a tendency to think like people will be stuck on one time and one time only and there are people that are like that. But there's also people who are willing to be a bit more flexible. Like Maybe they were hoping for a an after work slot, like say a six o'clock slot, but you don't have a six o'clock, but a five o'clock is showing up. They're like, I think I can leave work a little early that day. You know, like people, people are more willing to be flexible than we realize. Not every, again, not everybody, but a lot of people are. And the second thing is that you can always put a can't find a time contact me note right there. So that way people know that if they see that your schedule says that you don't have the available time, they can email, you know, and it never, honestly, I used to get those emails or sometimes I do that with businesses, you know, and my, my, just from personal experience, my physio has said that to me too. He says like, if you're trying to look at the online scheduler and it says that there's nothing available, but you've hurt yourself, (laughs) just DM me on Instagram or email me and I'll see if I can find you a slot. Like, don't just just do it. And he does that for his regular clients because he wants to be available to them, but still have some boundaries, right? So it's not like he's going to come in randomly on like a Sunday night to treat me, but he might say, I can come in a little early that day. Can you be here at 730? Or I can stay a little late because the practitioner after me and I, you know, have a bit of wiggle room. Can you come, you know, at the end of the day? That kind of stuff, right? So, While maybe building a bit of scarcity into your online schedule all to say isn't for everybody because I get that, it can help get people to actually book. If they see that there's not that many time slots available rather than like the whole schedule open, they'll be way more likely to actually book right away as opposed to go, oh, well, they have lots of appointments. I'll just do that later, you know, because we tend to do that, right? 
Um, and then and then we go two weeks from now. Oh, shoot. I meant to book in that treatment. And then, you know, they're not at their computer or the times that they wanted are now not available because someone else took them or whatever. So building in a little bit of scarcity usually works to your favor. You know, don't make yourself too scarce, but don't make yourself too open. I know it's a delicate balance and it's kind of one of those things you have to experiment with a little bit. But generally speaking, it does help. And my final tip about getting people to rebook is to offer discounts or packages. Now, I know some of you listening to that are going to immediately go like, uh, no, I will not do that. I find that completely inappropriate for what it is that I do. But as always on this podcast, if you are in a profession or location where that is not appropriate, that is completely fine. Do not do this suggestion. For example, my massage therapy listeners in Canada, especially in the regulated provinces, are either not allowed to offer discounts, packages, etc. per the regulatory body, or they simply don't feel they're appropriate because they are a medical service. I get it. I'm not, this is not like throwing shade as the young kids say at you. Not at all. I get it. There are, guess what? There are massage therapists in other countries like the US or parts of Europe where offering package deals, offering discounts is completely normal. It's completely fine. And it doesn't mean that they're less medical. It's just simply the culture there. So you just have to decide to yourself what's appropriate and what's not appropriate or what feels good to you. And remember, it's not a one-size-fits-all deal here as well. You can offer discounts in different ways. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, like doing Groupon all the time. It doesn't have to be uh, like sending out emails like you're, you know, like you're a clothing store constantly offering discounts. Not at all. In fact, I don't recommend you do that, regardless of where you are. But it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. So let's get into some of these ideas about like packages and discounts and like what you can do. Um, Those types of things like loyalty programs, packages, discounts, etc. They're all incentives for people to book. It's a sales strategy that's commonly used. Like I just said, you know, clothing stores tend to do it. Like Old Navy, you know, I've mentioned them a bunch of times, but they tend to send out a lot of emails about, you know, uh, sales, right? So if you create a package, people will feel like they're getting a deal or quote unquote, their money's worth out of something, right? So just put together something that offers a small discount. You're not a huge discount, but a small discount. Like buy a package of five treatments, get 15% or 10% off the total price. Often people will jump for stuff like that. Or another thing you can do is offer a limited time deal. So for example, book your next treatment before you leave, get 10% off the treatment price. Or you can send an email with a similar offer, like book before 5 p.m. today, get 10% off. Book before 5 p.m. on Friday afternoon, get 5% off. Whatever, you know, a little deal. I'm sure you've all seen that and experienced it plenty of times, you know, in, in health and wellness, in, you know, retail, makeup, whatever. It's common, right? The point here is to use this idea to help keep your bookings full without compromising yourself. Because you don't want to be that person who's constantly offering single-use discounts. Otherwise, people will never book at full price. They just assume that, you know, wait a week and you'll send out another 10% off email. You don't want to do that either. Because like I said, you know, the, the box stores, the chain restaurants is another key example. 
There's lots of people who say, for example, that like they like to shop at the Gap or Gap-owned properties like Old Navy, who I've already mentioned, who say that they never pay full price for anything because there's always some discount coming up the following week. So if like something they really want is available, they'll just wait until it goes on sale and there will always be a sale, right? Same thing with chain restaurants. You know, some people never pay full price because they know there's always going to be coupons sent out in the mail the following week or whatever. Now, you could argue that they do that on purpose. You could argue that they that they inflate their prices a little bit so that they can always offer discounts to make it look like you're getting a deal when you're not. But it, let's not get into that too heavily because that's obviously, you know, analyzing, uh, you know, pricing in the market, blah, da, 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 da. And, you know, but overall, what I'm saying here is don't send out constant coupons to people. Don't send out co- constant discounts. Um, it's okay, obviously, to have packages. If you want to do packages, it's it's okay to always have those available. You know, you, it's very common with yoga studios and fitness studios. It's also common in some areas for massage therapists and other professions. You know, like I've seen it in, for chiropractics. I've even seen it for dentistry, um, with cosmetic dentistry, that is. So like, you know, book uh, a package of five tooth whitenings or whatever or whatever it is, you know, whatever service they're offering and you get an X percentage off. So overall, what I'm saying here is offer discounts and packages, but only if it feels right to you. But it is 100% a way that you can help keep your book full. So if it feels a bit weird to you, but it's not disallowed in your area or by your profession, at least give it some thought. At least think about how it could maybe help you. And see if there's a way that you could implement it that feels okay to you. Like, you know, like I said, like the sometimes the packages, the package of a treatment of treatments feels okay to people, but offering straight up discounts doesn't. And for some people, they don't want to do packages because they only want people to be, again, if you're a medical professional, you only want people to be booking when they medically need it. Um, or when it's medically beneficial to them. Now, you could argue that it's always medically beneficial. But anyway, let's not go down that rabbit hole. But for those of you who are in more strict medical professions, you might go, well, I don't want people to do package deals because I, I don't want them to be, you know, rebooking purely just because they have a package. But I'm willing to do, you know, occasional discounts like they get, you know, a birthday discount or, you know, you offer them every, every you know, so many treatments, you offer them a small discount, stuff like that. There's always a way to make it work for you if you're willing to entertain the idea. Again, with the caveat that I know for some of you, it's just not allowed, period, by your regulatory body, in which case then just ignore what I've said here. So yeah, there you have it. Those are my big tips for getting clients to rebook, not just finding new clients, but actually getting to, to rebook. Or if they don't rebook, at least thinking highly of you and wanting to recommend you to other people who might need your services. As I've been saying, this is really all about building relationships. That's the most important part. If you take home nothing from this episode, like if you kind of get lost on something that I said that is, you know, doesn't jive with you, that's totally fine. You know, we we don't have to agree on stuff. I'm totally fine with us disagreeing on something that I've said. But if you take home nothing, the most important part is that it's all about building relationships with people, building a rapport with them, making them think of you when it comes to needing your services, having an ache or a pain or feeling like they could use a yoga class or whatever it is you do, right? 
So that's it for this episode. I hope this was helpful to you guys. As always, um, I've got another episode in this series coming up. To be honest, off the top of my head, I can't remember if I've got one or two more episodes coming. I've been a little swamped with other client work and uh, and uh, getting my ebook finished, which, you know, spoiler alert, it's coming out in one week from today. Wait, is it one week from today or two weeks from today? No, it's one week from today. Holy, date got away from me. Uh, July 6th, July 6th, my ebook on uh, pivoting your business, the actual good title about to be announced. Stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, take care, everyone. And I'll be back with you with another episode uh, very soon, probably next week. And if you want more information on the ebook, just head my, to my website, happylittlebiz.com. All right, take care. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.